You're listening to Making Waves from the University of Portsmouth. I'm Trudy Monk. In this podcast, we meet Portsmouth graduates who drive positive change in their communities and around the world. As they share their journeys, you'll be struck by an overriding drive in each and every one to make a difference in the lives of others. In the past year, the pandemic has brought health and well-being into sharp focus. At the University of Portsmouth, these themes have long been reflected in our research, teaching and community engagement. We're proud of the contribution our research makes to understanding and addressing health challenges, especially now, and equally proud of the many Portsmouth students who enter and complete health-related programmes in order to meet the needs they see in their communities and beyond. In this series, we meet six graduates who are at the forefront of advancing health across a number of sectors, professions and locales. Whilst not all of them work in healthcare per se, all share a passion for enhancing well-being in our society. Like the university where they studied, these graduates are finding solutions to health challenges. There's no question that the alumni featured here are innovators in their fields. They found a way to combine their work with their passion to contribute. We hope their stories inspire you, wherever you are, whatever you do. This time, we learn how Godfrey Athwine Jr. came to lead a task force coordinating the UK government's response to the COVID-19 pandemic. The government's not there to make a profit. It's there for the social good, to help me and you, to help everyone in the whole country. So, so for me, being a public servant, being a civil servant, is it can change people's lives around. Godfrey, thanks so much for talking to me. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself and your connection to Portsmouth? Yes. Um, so my name's Godfrey and I currently work within the COVID-19 Task Force, which is based at the Cabinet Office. And my connection with Portsmouth University was I studied there. I studied business management and human resources in a business school. And then I stayed on as a uh, sabbatical officer in the Students' Union. So nine nine years on from graduation, is that right? <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. It makes me sound so old. Yes. Uh, nine years on, which was an enjoyable time at Portsmouth. <laughs> so can you tell me uh, what you currently do at the Cabinet Office? I currently work within the COVID-19 Task Force, which leads the coordination of responding to the pandemic for the whole of the U- United Kingdom. And my role is a senior secretariat's lead. So I deal with the two main committees, that's the Prime Minister and the Chancellor of Duchy of Lancaster Chair, which is the COVID-O and COVID-S committees. So you're liaising between all these different departments? Yes, yep. So lots of lots of the various departments across Whitehall. Me and my team, we lead on coordinating, making sure ministers have the right papers at the right time to make the right decision. That's my role. So things are pretty fast paced at the moment then? Yes, yes. It's um, delivering that pace every single day. It's um, it's an exciting time where, you know, we can do lots of different things and make key decisions. So tell me a little bit about that team that you work with. Mm. How do you all, how do you work together? Yep. So it's, it's very much virtual, virtual based. We use a lot of Google Meets, Google Hangouts. Um, Microsoft Teams, where, you know, we have lots of virtual rooms where we um, create these agile virtual teams, which coordinates between lots of various different teams. So predominantly Department of Health, we deal with the vaccine teams, the global 
transition task force teams and also the travel team. So there's lots of different teams we work with and how we actually come together and work is to produce a um, virtual room where we can all come together and discuss ideas and do lots of video calls as well. So that seems to work really well. That's amazing. So the uh, lockdown and social isolation conditions haven't stopped you doing doing the job during the pandemic? No, 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 it really hasn't. In fact, it's been um, really good because, you know, hierarchies have been levelled out. Um, there's there's quick, agile working. You know, one minute I could be talking to a really junior person, so next I could be talking to a minister. So it's very, it's very fast-paced and quick-paced. It's really, really good. Have you met everybody that you're working with in person? How does that work? I haven't met everyone. I've met, like, my core team. And um, so the first couple of weeks during the pandemic, when we were still allowed to go into the office, committees were still face-to-face, so we had to go in and um, work on the committees. But as we've moved to working from home, you know, new, new people have started... And it's been great getting to know them virtually, you know, and we specifically put in check-ins with people. So water cooler sessions where it's one-to-one and we, and that time, that 20, 30 minute is dedicated to get to know someone new. So that's what we've done to really get to know other people. It's been really, really that's good. brilliant. So is that your HR background coming into it? Ah, it really is actually, yes. I mean, um, so I, I reformed our daily team catch-ups and meetings for it to be more um, kind of mindfulness, more well-being focused on the individual. And then afterwards, we'll go into the workplace because, you know, work from home, you know, people are isolated. They could be self-isolating. They could be social distancing. But, you know, it's important that, you know, I believe every team meeting, it's, it's important that people have a check-in daily. Absolutely. And I'd love to actually come back to that a little more in a moment. Can I first ask, is the task force, was it developed specifically in response to the pandemic? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the task force was put together in, I think it was about in March time for the government to respond to the pandemic, which, you know, is a sad thing, this coronavirus. But each um, government across the whole world has set up some form of team to coordinate it and focus on it. So it's um, it's a wide span, cross span of lots of civil servants coming to work together with industry, with um, health professionals and SAGE to come together and coordinate it on behalf of the government. So you're stretching across a wide range of different departments and making sure that communication happens. Mm. What's your big focus at the moment? Because presumably you've been involved in, in the vaccine rollout. Yep. So the biggest focus has been actually the roadmap. So the roadmap into easing lockdown. As you know, we've hit step one. We're about to hit step two. So it's been coordinating those um, rollouts, the various steps to ensure that, you know, ministers have the right papers at the right time to make the decision. I'm sure you've also um, Boris Johnson's speech on Monday. So that was one big step. And we've got a few more to go, you know, namely June 21st, when hopefully we can get back to normal. But, you know, we're, we're being driven by the data. So there's lots of conversations with um, the various scientists and science, science teams to ensure that ministers have the right data at the right time to make the right decisions. It must be really fulfilling to see some positive signs now or more encouraging news. Oh, 100%. It's um it's great, you know, you know now we can see six people outside, you know. My my aunt was inside a garden, so it's great to see family and friends. It's been a long time. It's not been a long time coming, you know. So it's been really, really nice to see the policy being written and to see it actually action, which is great. And is that vision something that's that's motivated you all along? Mm, it has because, you know, Bain people are disproportionately impacted by 
um, coronavirus and being a black man, you know, this has affected me personally. So when I saw the opportunity to join the task force, I, I jumped at the opportunity to join to, you know, play my part for Queen and Country. And you know, lots of people in the task force will say that as well. So is that something more generally about the public sector that has attracted you, the the chance to make a difference? What it is, What mm. is it that's drawn you to it? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's one of the few opportunities where you can actually, you know, work on policy, work on delivery, that you can actually see the results in the public eye. And, you know, as a government, the government's not there to make a profit. It's there for the social good to help, to help me and you, to help everyone in the whole country. So, so for me, being a public servant, being a civil servant is you know, kind of change it. It can change people's lives around, you know, be it a social policy within DWP, getting universal credits or HS2, you know, ensuring people can travel across in London to Manchester to Birmingham in a couple of minutes. Those kind of things, you know, is amazing in my eyes. So that's why I'm proud to be a civil servant and a public servant. And what is it about the health sector particularly that that's so, I mean, mm. clearly very impactful now during COVID, but longer term is there something yep. about that particular sector that inspires you to make change yeah i mean you know healthcare is is um is super important to to everyone in the whole world you know we've got the census coming out now where we can actually look at the number of people who live in a certain area to ensure they have the right resources the right doctors the right hospitals healthcare is you know is number one so what's what do you think is the next big challenge for you was somewhere that you'd really like to get stuck into and, and make mm. a difference i would love to get my teeth involved in like a real delivery kind of departments as you know the civil service is made up of various departments everything from transport to business to energy to the environment i would love to join somewhere where you know, you, you know, I've worked in policy before. I've worked for a minister. I'm working on COVID. So we'd love to work somewhere where it's actually delivery, where you can actually see, like, be it working in a job centre, working HMRC, so see the actual process of the policy being delivered to, to the person. Interesting. Um, so can you take take me back now and explain your path mm. to working in, in Cabinet Office? Yes. From, you know, that graduate who, who uh, left his degree at Portsmouth. Yes. Okay, so I graduated in 2011. And then um, it was, I stayed on two years as a sabbatical officer in Students' Union, where I was um, the Vice President of Education and Democracy, which is great. I learned about academia. I learned, you know, John Craven, who's the old Vice Chancellor, which was a great experience working with him. Recruiting a new Vice Chancellor, Graham, which was great. Sandy Totsvik became the Chancellor of the University during my year. So there's lots of milestones during my year when I gained lots of confidence and we also recruited a new chief executive of the Students' Union. So my year was very much a, a milestone year as president. And then afterwards I thought, wow, I need to, to finally leave universities. So then afterwards I joined Transport for London, TFL, on their um, graduate programme there. And I stayed there for five years, worked my way up to become an operations manager. And then I thought, oh, I need a change. So then I um, I joined the business department, business and energy department, where I worked in electricity policy, which is really interesting. It's known as the most complex policy area you can work in. So I learned a lot. You know, I was I was lead I was leading on um, on offshore wind farms, which was really interesting. Wow! So I learned a lot about the environments as well. Then I left there to work in. Um, 
the centre of connected and autonomous vehicles, which are essentially um, self-driving vehicles, which is really futuristic. So there's lots of strategy, um, stakeholder management and kind of coordination work there, which was great. Learned about Tesla, got to go into Tesla, drive um, autonomous vehicles, which was really cool. And then afterwards, I joined as a private secretary where I worked for two ministers, Rachel McLean and Chris Eaton-Harris. So this was great, working with ministers, understanding how ministers think, walking into parliament almost three times a week, which was cool as well. Then the pandemic happened and this is where I thought, you know, I must step up, step up to the plate and, you know, serve queen and country. And um, that's where that's where I am now. (laughs) Wow, that's I mean, I suppose you couldn't really have predicted that journey, but were you just following a common thread? Something Mm, that interested you in each of those? Yeah, yeah, so I, I, I would say that's that was it. And, you know, I've always wanted to become a private secretary, you know, certain things I wanted to do. And, you know, I kind of done it, which was great experience and great exposure. But for me, I'm, I always want to learn. I want to learn as much as I can. You know, for example, you know, I never worked in the centre of government, which is the cabinet office. So that was mm-hmm. great experience, you know, working for the private sector. I'm sure everyone's watched The Crown. You know, it's great understanding how the box works, understand how ministers think, understand how, you know, parliament actually works as well. And also working in like a futuristic policy area, like self-driving vehicles, that is the future. And to say you were part of that before the before it actually happened is amazing. And lastly, electricity policy, you know, I've never really taken an interest in electricity or energy or or renewable energy, but, you know, net zero... You know, we're, we're holding, we've got COP this year. So, you know, I, I've learned so much about the environment and it's made me more environmentally friendly and the people around me, my friends and family as well. So, um, so yeah, I like, I, I would never, you know, some, some people say, you know, they'll change their past, but I would never change my past. I, I love every opportunity I've gained and Portsmouth has really shaped and grounded me into those skills and experiences. So, so yeah, I loved, I loved my time at Portsmouth. <laughs> So it sounds like you're really taking all these um, different areas of policy and relating them back to human life. They're all set to have a massive mm. impact on life. Yes. Does that does that relate to the kind of competencies you started developing at Portsmouth in terms of the human resources side of things? That's correct. I would say, yeah, because, you know, everything we do in this world connects back to the the individual, which, you know, could be, you know, either someone who's on benefits or someone who needs healthcare work or someone who's traveling from A to B, be it walking and cycling, jumping in a train, jumping in a bus. So for me, everything the government does and all of my jobs have always been down to, like, bowl down to the individual, you know, everything I've done. And, you know, it's testament to the kind of skills and competencies I gained at Portsmouth, using the purple door, you know, going down to the purple door and meeting with some of the CV people when I was looking for a placement. It was great. All those skills I gained, which was great. And I still remember the person. I think his name was Guy. He assisted me a lot. So, so yeah, that's all testament to Portsmouth. Fantastic. So in addition to the wider tactical work you're doing right now, Mm. uh, you mentioned there was a, a people element and you are part of a group working to address people's daily mental health within your team, people's daily experience. Uh, can mm. you tell me a little bit more about that? 
Yeah, for me, I'm I'm always I always get you know I've always been involved with diversity and inclusion from an early age, being a black man. So you know, whenever whenever there's an opportunity to assist or support diversity inclusion or mental well-being or social mobility i'm always you know i've always got my hand up to get involved and my deputy director joe she suggested you know god what can we do within the team so you know i've done my primary research spoke to other people spoke to other teams spoke to people in different departments and you know i came up with this agenda we could hold every single day in the in the team in our virtual meetings to ensure everyone had to check in everyone is spoken to, everyone has a chance to speak up as well. Because as you can imagine, you know, when you're working from home, you can have your camera off and, you know, essentially you can check out. But for me, I think it's important that people actually check in in team meetings. Just if it's, you know, five words or 10 words, it's still important that someone engages. So for me, that 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 taps into the mental well-being element and the physical well-being as well. So I suggested we do walk-in meetings. A few weeks ago when it was really sunny and hot, you know, we all got outside and we all had our cameras Brilliant. on in the sun. So that really, I really assisted it. I, I really loved it. It was great to see everyone actually partake as well. And it builds that kind of team ethos and it shows that everyone's got your back. And, you know, I actually really loved it, enjoyed it. <laughs> so have you seen a real impact in the way people are working and they seem to feel about those meetings now as a change? Yes. Yeah, it's definitely more inclusive. It's definitely, you know, lots of um, cross-working. Everyone's talking to each other. You know, there's lots of engagement as well. And the, they're the kind of things we need during the lockdown when people aren't face-to-face. So you've seen a, 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 a positive impact. Is that is that something that you think, is it a method or a tool you'd like to use going forward? Yeah. Yes, I, I would say it is. It's something I want to um, do every single place I work, everywhere I work, you know, with my personal friends as well. So so we're doing lots of kind of personal team meetings via Zoom and Google Hangouts. And, you know, I have a check-in with a friend every single day. And, you know, I don't really check in with, you know, what's happening, what's going on. But I actually ask them, how are you? You know, what's happening? What's new in your life? You know? Because, you know, this lockdown has been tough for lots of people and, you know, people uh, are struggling. So, you know, I want to be that friend where I can help and assist people. That sounds fantastic. And have you kept in touch with people from your uni days? I have actually. Yeah, no, no. It's funny. <laughs> I've been to a few weddings as well. It's it's when I reflect it, um, I'm actually meeting my good friend Roisin on uh the 14th so we're going for dinner which would be quite nice we we actually lived she lived uh two doors down from me from Marie's Hall so it was uh it's great yeah I I still in, I'm still in touch there's a few whatsapp groups with um friends from uni as well so so yeah I still keep in contact with a few people that's really great <laughs> can I ask you a bit about your time at Portsmouth as well what are your highlights looking yeah back? I would say my highlights were you know like I, I was quite a vanguard Lots of my friends went to um, universities where friends from sixth form were going to universities where other friends were going to. And I thought, no, I'm going to go somewhere where I don't know anyone so I can make new friends and learn new life skills and, you know, learn things like how to cook. So, so I went to Portsmouth and it was great. I, I never turned turned back, you know. I, I, I Even though I stayed at Rees Hall, you know, I um, catered halls, which was great, but I learned so much about you know, diversity and inclusion at university, you know. I got involved with societies, the sport clubs, the student union. I got involved as a as a course rep as well. So, 
you know, they're, they're some of my highlights, just making some great friends, learning new life skills and just, you know, going to Isle of Wight, stuff like that and living in the South Coast because I've lived in London all my life previously. So, so it was a great experience. Yeah. And so what made you choose Portsmouth then? Can you remember what it was when you were looking yeah. at um, you know, your friends uh, staying in London or locally yes. and you just yeah. went, no, I'm going down there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I went to the open day and they were really nice and you know it was very welcoming you know I'm all I remember seeing lots of purple going down to the business school and just walking around I thought yeah I could see myself being here you know and um yeah like it, 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 it was special and being by the seaside as well which is quite refreshing it's when I reflect on it I've I've always lived in London East London so it's always been quite busy so going down to Portsmouth where it's completely it's the opposite so for me, it was it was great just to go down there and be like, you know, five minutes away from the seaside town where I can just go and zone out and walk by the seaside for yeah, for end, days on end. So, yeah, that really so that really was, was great to me. And, you know, I jumped at the opportunity to join and go to Portsmouth. So I'm sure there's a whole host of, of Portsmouth graduates who are uh, wanting to kind of carve their own path, but also maybe follow in your footsteps. What kind of advice yeah. do you have for them? <laughs> I would say, um, you know, know when to say yes, know when to say no. I've had a few opportunities and some of them I said yes to and some of them I said no to. But, you know, have a critical mind as well and um, to never stop learning as well. I think it's important that, you know, as as graduates go to Portsmouth, that, you know, we were there to learn and, you know, you can learn from everything. You know, I've learned from this, uh, from this podcast to make sure you take the telephone the home phone out so you know continue <laughs> so continue to learn right and you can learn from it everything you do so so that's one thing i've taken away from portsmouth and one thing i i'll continue to do is continue to learn <laughs> and if there are graduates who wanted to find out more about working in cabinet what would you suggest mm, i would say there's a great website called um civil service um jobs and there's another website, which is called, I think it's called Civil Service Job Finder, mm -hmm. where you can find out so much about what the civil service does. There's so much, there's literature out there, there's books out there. I mean, I'm I'm studying a, um, a course at King's on um, public policy. So, you know, there's so much you can do within the civil service, everything from operational to delivery to strategy to accounting you know it's just so wide-ranging legal profession commercial so no matter like comms designing marketing to ma no matter which no matter what course you've done in Portsmouth you can always find a job within the civil service and I think that's amazing and you know if anyone wants to reach out to me they can you know my LinkedIn's open so you know you can send me a message yeah <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you. Well, I love the fact that you're continuing to learn as you work as well and mm. always keeping that mind yes. for, the, you know, the next the next great opportunity. So thank you so yes. much, Godfrey. It was lovely to talk to you. Thank you. A passion for public service and key skills in communication, teamwork and leadership have powered Godfrey's work, helping protect and guide the public through one of the most important peacetime challenges in cabinet history. If you're enjoying this series, you can find more podcasts from the University of Portsmouth on this feed. If you'd like to get involved and make a few waves of your own, let us know by emailing alumni at port.ac.uk or click on alumni. 
from the Portsmouth homepage.